Hello, I'm Emily Dean. And I'm Kim Hyland. And we're your hosts for You're Not That Special. Where we share conversations about the wonder and joy of our everyday lives. And we're so glad you're here. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Em. How are you today? I'm good. It's fall. It is. It's you have pumpkins everywhere. I do. I just like, <laughs> it looks like fall. fall everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing that I buy in the fall, you know. You don't have a lot. I mean, what else? I'm not going to buy Halloween things. So, yeah, I just I see cute pumpkins. <laughs> They're everywhere. Yeah, Ethan and I had a serious discussion about what is what is too much to spend on pumpkins. Um, and I was like, I I think I know. <laughs> I, think I know you mean like pumpkins <laughs> for your porch yeah and yeah yeah I know there's so many varieties and when you guys were little we'd get a pumpkin mm-hmm. and we'd carve it and now it's just like it's a style there's all the princess pumpkins yeah. there's so many different colors and all the pumpkin growers are just laughing all the way to the bank I'm sure <laughs> they are but while they're I mean, selling us you know actually though they used to be really expensive. I'm finding them like five, six dollars. Yeah. I mean, like the incredible ones that they call them Cinderella pumpkins are over at Trader Joe's. You can pay like a good eight fifty for a pumpkin, but it's like the size of a small toddler. It's like an incredible <laughs> yeah. pumpkin. And then that's your base. And then you make this tower of pumpkins. But see, that's the problem. It's it, just worth right, it. It's right. worth you it You just to keep me. buying them. That is oh, so hilarious because I was rearranging the pumpkins on the porch today <laughs> and thinking, I think I need a few more. And I'm like, stop, Kim, stop. <laughs> you don't need to keep buying. Because, you, you know, it's like $6 a shot. And it's like, who needs to spend, you know. Too much this is money. totally not what we're talking about today, I know, but, but I just I need a relevant. quick moment, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> to expound. The decorating of a holiday or a season is the part of this. The that's the fun stuff. I know it's fun. you know it's Ethan so and I were fun, talking yeah. about Christmas, and I was like, we need a budget for decor and food more than we need one for gifts because decor and food that's like the fun part of the whole holiday season, like. All leading up, we're like, oh, we get to do this, and now we get to light, you know, the advent candles, and you know, yeah. how many candles do we want around the house? Like millions, thousands. We want all the candles. We want all the Christmas lights. Yeah, and in the fall, I want all the pumpkins. And when else am I going to spend inordinate ounce of cash on pumpkins? Yeah, only in October. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm stuck on you talking about all the candles, and I'm like, are, are your smoke detectors gonna light all? on fire? <laughs> smoke detectors? Do I need to buy you batteries? I'm just <laughs> perpetually. Um, yeah, I agree. The decorating is so much fun, as long as it stays fun. Okay, so this is actually a good segue, I think, into what we are talking about today, because that that all falls on the mom, the, the mom. woman, mm-hmm. the typically. wife. Typically, although your husband... Pretty typically. Yeah, well, my <laughs> husband is a rare breed. He's, he he's a, he yeah. is just as excited, I think, no, it's as true. you. It is absolutely true. He came home with a Linden Truffle advent calendar the other day, and I was like, do you want me to be fat? Like, <laughs> why? That's a chocolate every yeah. day. Yeah. On top of all the other things I'm just going to eat because I want to. Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, it typically does fall on the and mom. And yeah. it can be... It can be a lot. And I have talked with a couple friends recently about we're in the month of October right now about October and how it just hit them totally like a tidal wave 
I was talking to a friend the other day and she sent me a meme and it was just like my goals for October live through every day of October. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it feels. And I think why it, it's just, I think it's just because that's, it's fall. That's when everything kind of starts back up. And for most people, like there aren't the same restrictions that they were dealing with, you know, like years prior. So it's not just like, oh, it's that fall buzz. It's like that fall buzz plus uh-huh. because everyone's like back into the, all these activities that they might have cut out for like a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, and we're prepping for a big huge family event like there's all kinds of stuff going on right and we just had a bunch of birthdays and yeah yeah it's yeah the tidal wave but that often all those decisions um often fall on the woman of the home um and yeah that that's so true I remember feeling that when I still do sometimes like I think about Thanksgiving and the holidays and I'm excited but I also like have to take a few deep breaths Mm -hmm. because immediately I'm thinking about the tables and the food and the where are they you know where the kids gonna be and there's more of them kids gonna wear and And will they be presentable by the time it's time to yeah yeah, and what about yeah everybody's schedules and there are a lot of variables that I know, I know, have known moms who've been like, yeah, no, not doing it. Or they've been like, we're just making it super, super simple, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. But you do, I think when you live at that extreme, it can make you kind of just like, I'm not going to kill myself this year, and you swing far the other direction. Yeah. Uh, well, we are way better at overcorrecting than saying, Lord, what would you have me learn what would and you have change? Me learn? Yeah. Right. What would? What about my character, you know, plays into the way that I am doing these things? Yeah. I don't think that's that's how we we measure things. We're just like, are we doing the thing or not? Are we doing it well? Do we instead like of looking it? at what's motivating us or right? Yeah, kind of no, checking our right. root system and yeah. making sure okay, are the virtues what's you our know? why right. behind it? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And can I see those those fruits of the spirit in in the way that I am preparing for? And I think when you're <laughs> right, and and part of I think a knee jerk reaction to what you're saying is like. Oh, that's really nice, but I still have to make the turkey and the potatoes and the people. And and it's almost like it feels at first glance very detached, I think, from like that's kind of, you know, a nice sentiment. Mm-hmm. But this is the reality. Yeah. And I think, though, I know that it's worth the work to bring those together. Well, there's there's an integration there that has to happen because yeah, that is the knee jerk reaction. I, I would react that way. If someone came into all of my life and all of the crazy and was like, you know, let's just, Emily, let's just like sit down and just this. examine, you know, like, are you doing things with meekness and humility? I'd be like, get out, like get off my couch, you know, like, or, or vacuum it. Like do one of the two. I totally get it. But I'm reading this amazing book and it's, 
It's uh, Ultimate Makeover, The Transforming Power of Motherhood. And what's really cool about this, it's um, authored by Carrie Gress. She's one of the co-authors of the Theology of Home books, is that she is speaking not just to mothers, but like the maternity of all women. And she speaks really just boldly to womanhood and profoundly yeah. about what is a woman and mm-hmm. and how do we operate. Mm-hmm. And it's just given me so much um, clarity about what my strengths are and also kind of an answer to that question of like, how do I integrate these two things? Yeah, absolutely. I want the fruits of the spirit in my life, but I also have to make three meals a day. And I do have to stay on top of the health of my children and the education and, you know, and keep some sort of order in this home, you know, like those all still have to happen. And just that all by itself for any mom, no matter what number of children, if you are caring for a child who is the epitome of need, like they are just needy, mm-hmm. you know, we we need some direction mm-hmm. on how to do that mm-hmm. well, you know, especially on how to integrate. All right, Lord, I'm, I want to be patient and I want to be loving but how? Because I also have to do all these other things. Um, and right about the time you decide, I'm going to work on this, all ooh. hell breaks loose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like it's almost like you don't just don't don't think it out loud. Like think don't it pray like for whisper, patience. right? Um, because be ye warned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't pray for patience. Isn't that always the joke? You pray for yeah, patience, and yeah. then God puts you in or anything. You pray, a situation you know, to, to be, be right. You pray for you know to be a more gracious and loving wife, and you can almost be guaranteed that you'll have an opportunity <laughs> to, or for humility, yeah, and then and you'll, you'll be, be humbled. humbled. <laughs> mm. Don't Funny that how feel that good. works. <laughs> <laughs> There, um, so the very beginning of this book opens up in the introduction with a quote from uh, Edith Stein. I've been mulling over this one. She says, The soul of a woman must therefore be expansive and open to all human beings. It must be quiet so that no small flame will be extinguished by storm winds. Warm so as not to benumb fragile buds, clear, so that no vermin will settle in dark corners and recesses, self-contained, so that no invasions from without can imperil the inner life. Empty of itself, and also of its body, so that the entire person is readily at the disposal of every call. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... You're going to have to unpack that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, <laughs> That's, I mean, one, it's it's very heady, but it's um, heady just in the sense of, like, kind of need to read it a few times, but also challenging. I mean, just the few parts that I grasped, challenging um yeah no I the first I read this 
I read this like 10 times, so sure. I'm already yeah. ahead. Yeah. But the very first thing that I was like, Mm-mm, don't know about that, <laughs> was self-contained so that no invasions from without can imperil the inner life. That that part. Mm-hmm. I was on board with empty of itself and also of its body so that the entire person is readily at the disposal of every call. And I think my knee-jerk reaction to that was, well, I I am already readily at the disposal of their every call. I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, my children and my husband and how my day, no matter what I have planned, just goes whoosh, whoosh, like with all the different needs of all these people. And right. I was like, so is it like, is she saying I need to do that more like because there's no more we're tapped out so if that's the thought then no thank you sorry (laughs) yeah get off my couch Edith but uh, I I have also the context of this whole book so yeah you know to, to to unpack that but what I'm seeing is that the I think the most important part of all of that is empty of itself and also of its body. Because later on in the book, Carrie Grass goes on to kind of talk about, especially, you know, when you're in a position of motherhood, mm-hmm. or if you are a woman who is already giving mm-hmm. of herself, right. that's kind of already where you are. You know, what what St. Edith Stein is, is talking about, um, readily at the disposal of every call. You have made a gift of yourself all persons are called to make a gift of themselves, not right. just women. That's yeah. our job, you know, yeah. as a Christian. But she talks about empty of itself and also of its body. And um, Carrie Gress goes on to discuss a lot in this book about how women can, we can take in so much information, you know. We can take in all kinds of information about other people and the world and how it all works. And we can we can keep it all in and use it, you know, against people or for our own desires, you know, or to manipulate those around us to get what we want. Um, or we can make it a gift back to them. This knowledge that we have, say, about, for instance, our husband's we can make that a gift to him or we can weaponize it against him. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. idea of being empty of ourselves is it's kind of like like calling out right away the vice often of a woman, which is that we can use that information against those those we love. We're going to get canceled. Oh, well. <laughs> if we have three people listening by the end of know. this. I don't know. If we want to talk now, I'm just, it is so, so, I mean, it's always been countercultural because, you know, who wants to make a virtue of self-sacrifice and emptying yourself, right? Um, and I think that as to the degree that Christians have become conformed to culture well we are so conformed to the culture we hear things like this and we're like oh i didn't hear any talk of you know me time in there (laughs) (laughs) um and it's Mm -hmm. again that knee-jerk reaction is like this is radical but at the same time i know better and i know not only is it i mean it is radical it's radical to live 
for God. It's radical to live a life um, rejecting sin and mm-hmm. rejecting the pool of um, of selfishness. Yes. But at the same time, it's it's not only virtuous and Christ-like, it's the path to wholeness. And I think that's the part where we really are deceived. Yeah. That we think that if I live open like that, mm-hmm. I'm a doormat. I'm just going to get used up and, you know, I'm going to um, have no identity. Mm-hmm. People don't grasp. It's hard to grasp the strength. Yes, I, f- I feel like a way easier way to say this would be actually something you wrote. Um, can I read that? It's way, it's just like a very no, yes, simplified of course, version yeah, of, yeah. you know, we don't all have can time. You, I'm to a writer. With, can you read my writing? Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, let me think. I mean, we yeah. don't all have time to sit <laughs> yeah, with okay. Edith, you know, sometimes yeah. she's a little. I got to say something about Edith too, but yeah. yeah. Say, so that. choosing small in a culture that rewards large will cost you. Strange, isn't it? Why would it cost to be small? Because a culture that values conformity and self-aggrandizement will be threatened by someone who rejects both. I just, mm, mic drop right there. The status quo is a tyrant who doesn't like being questioned, much less ignored or transgressed. If you choose small, you will be misunderstood, judged. And when you don't rush to defend yourself, judged some more. Smallness costs in the currency of the culture, but it rewards with the currency of heaven. And I feel like that, what you wrote there, it's just that like a synopsis of everything that Edith Stein is kind of calling a woman up to. And it does, it's so, it's so countercultural and not just like the secular culture, but our Christian culture as well, Mm -hmm. you know? And I mean, if we are online and kind of hip to it, a lot of people make a lot of fun of the current Christian culture. Like mm-hmm. they're, it's been made fun of. They're like sure. entire sites just like laughing at the way that we go about it. But it has kind of become like a copycat of the culture, which is really yeah, easy like to do. Like a cleaned up copycat, right? Right. And so the idea of what, you know, what the quote you read is, does seem really radical and really, um, I'm sure to a lot of people like wrong because it it's so counter what the culture is telling us is to you know to protect not to um, to self self preservation really and and that's the part I see the fundamental lie that we so often miss is that in following Christ and being willing to lay our lives down in love mm-hmm. that we actually find wholeness right. We find what we really are longing for. Right. We find, and it and it's, um, it's not easy. But we find we find wisdom. We find truth. We find the beauty of um, these small places, which we talk about so much. Bravo, the humdrum. Mm-hmm. The idea that the the real richness, the things that really are going to satisfy our souls are um, usually the things that are right in front of us. Right. 
and and it doesn't mean they're not difficult and they're not messy, but when they're done unto the Lord, when they're done out of love for Him and love for one another, they are crazy situations, hard situations, find redemption mm-hmm. in that. Um, I wanted to say about Edith Stein, because maybe people haven't, some might be familiar with her, some might not. Um, and you mentioned she's St. Edith Stein. She was a martyr. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I'm not a Edith Stein expert, but I've read a bit about her recently, and I watched an incredible movie about her. But she was um, a Jewish woman, and I don't remember where she lived, maybe Germany, but she was um, a philosopher. She was incredibly intelligent. And I wanted to say this because I think that people, it's easy to hear something like that and think of a stereotype right, of a mm-hmm. woman who doesn't know her worth, mm-hmm. who's simple and stupid. And she was anything but, and she was in a man's world, and she was tough as nails, and she was well-respected as a um, as a philosopher. Mm-hmm. And she converted to Christianity and eventually became a nun mm-hmm. and um, kind of walked away from all that she had. Not only she walked away from her academics and, and all that, the promise that she had there, but she also walked away. She was rejected by most of her family. And, um, and then at some point as, as a nun, she was, she began to write Mm -hmm. about womanhood. Mm -hmm. So, and then as a Jew, she was um, sent to, I think she was sent to Auschwitz and she was um, murdered in the gas chamber. Mm -hmm. So she's, you know, She's not the stereotype. Yeah. She's a woman that was very wise. I mean, she was a philosopher. philosopher. It's about what is life, you know, yeah. about what is true. And she was about what is it to be a woman. Yeah. So she's got mm-hmm. credential, yeah. you know, credibility. And so, and I, I think that culturally what's happened in, um, In a desire to, for, of women, just this is huge generalization, but just in trying to be, um, strong, a woman has effectively, women have effectively said, well, that's being like a man. Mm-hmm. And walked away from the genius and strength and wisdom of womanhood. Yeah. What, what, robbery you know yeah yeah there's a portion of this book where um Gress shares about a, a feminist who actually comments on that oh yeah and yeah like a modern day feminist who's like pointing that out to to our our culture that uh just the the way the way that a woman has just totally like abandoned her womanhood and just come in and started competing with a man is really just saying like men are better. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you and I have talked about that at length, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but that is it's so it's so sad. It's falling so short of what a woman is, but I don't think we really know what a woman is yeah most of us you yeah. know it's not t- 
taught in most circles. You know, I mean, I am not reading a whole ton of literature often about what a woman is. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I don't need to know what a man is, you know, so much because they just are, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm a woman, so I need to know what a, what a woman is. Right. And I need, you know, some examples of that. Um, but all throughout here, um, throughout this book, there's so much talk about how womanhood is, it is this emptying of oneself. But there's a filling up that happens, you know, our, our joy and our happiness is like, it's, it's in using our gifts. It's in using, you know, all of these things that are, you know, woman to, I feel like we're going to have to talk about this again because there's so much to unpack. Yeah. We're just kind of scratching. Yeah. This is like tip of the iceberg, but that that is where we find our joy. And I also think just going all the way back to the quote, and I feel like there are some people, because this is how I respond often to to words like that, you know, uh, who might think, well, how? You know, yeah. I'm already yeah. tapped for, you right. know, everything. You know, I have already totally sacrificed myself. Like I'm, you know, raising a child or these two children or, you know, however many the Lord has blessed you with, like my, you know, quiver is full Mm -hmm. and you know how how do I do more and um that is also talked about in the book but you see how women are we are ministers of grace which means that we need to receive and allow the Lord to be gracious to us which does mean like a setting aside and you know having time to accept and experience his grace and mercy. And that I feel like makes me kind of go, oh, so this isn't something that I have to do all by myself. You know, that this isn't something I'm something, just going to. It's not asking for more. No. And that's, yeah. yeah. It's just what you are already doing. The exact same thing you're doing every day. Now we're going to do it with great love. And what does that yes, look like? Yeah, yeah. And what our lives, you know, really amount to is not what we're doing, but how we are doing whatever. Exactly. How and we are, yeah. you know, a janitor or a mother or, right. you know, a garbage collector. Right. If you do those things with great love, like yeah. we are, you know, not only like having an effect on thousands and thousands of lives in a way that we won't even understand this side of heaven, but we are also, and we will feel it earth side becoming, like you said, whole. Yeah. And I can attest to it because I've totally, you know, walked away from, I I thought I was going to be a career person. You know, when I first got married, I kind of was like, well, I'll just, you know, I didn't think that I, you know, Ethan and I would breed like rabbits. You know, I just (laughs) thought I would have a kid here and there now and again, like most normal people do. And then suddenly I was like, whoa, okay, I've got two kids. And I was think I think that's kind of when it hit me. I was running Verity Vree. We were doing like a, um, it was a women's company with magazine and events and things. And I was just so invested in like what that could be and where I was going. And I was also doing acting and some commercial modeling and music and, you know, right. just whatever yeah. I thought I could yeah. do and yeah. wanted to do. And I thought like those were the things that were going to make me feel like, 
okay, I've left my mark. I've done something. I've Because don't we all want to feel whole? Don't we all want to do something that, Purposeful. you know, lives yeah. beyond us yeah. and, you know, speaks after our death? You know, we have that, like, innate, you know, we are... We are beings, and we want to be in this yeah. big sense. Yeah. So to become small, to be and big, you know, yeah. and to leave an impact yeah. is yeah. totally, it, feels, it just, right. like, glitches our brains a little bit. Yeah. But I can say already in my very short and immature, you know, journey, just in this small maturation that I am the wholest I have ever been. Yeah. And I, I can say, you know, when I sit down and... I read a book with my kids, you know, and they ask for another story. Like, I can't, I know this is so cliche, but maybe it's cliche for a reason. I cannot explain the happiness and the joy Mm -hmm. and the wholeness Mm -hmm. that that moment gives me. And it is small and it's quiet and it's hidden, but it is big because it's going to change who they are. Well, right, and they're eternal beings, and right. you are. It's so it's an eternal thing, right. and I think that's so much when we when we begin to you know reintegrate all these things that can just seem so purposeless and overwhelming and such drudgery, and we invest love in those we you know we and and we begin to do them in love (laughs) and do them in humility Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they become something totally different they become um eternal actions you know that have eternal merit and Mm -hmm. and we feel that we sense that you know the bible says that eternity is written on our hearts and there's something that just comes alive when we are making that connection to eternal things and it's alleviating that burden is light yeah i was talking with yeah yeah yeah. and you're tired and yeah but it's not the emotional heavy weight right yeah i was talking with my oldest brother josh this morning about uh going to law school and i was just like how are you juggling all of that how is it and he was like you know it's really it's good it's fine and he was like a lot of the other students that like, oh, I spent all weekend working on my paper outline for blah, 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 blah. And he was like, it's kicking my butt because I'm a slow writer, but it's it's really fine because I get home and I'm like studying. And Jack, his oldest son, comes over and goes, Dada, read Little Blue Truck. Dada, read Little Blue Truck. And he was like, and I'm just like, okay, Jack. <laughs> and I just close my book. And it's like, it has place. And he was like, and I see all this, you know, Mm. stress and Mm -hmm. crazy. And he was talking about, like, another uh, friend of his who was like, ah, I used to just hate, like, those older law students who would come in. And it was like they had all their stuff together. And Josh and I were talking about how it's not really that they had all their stuff together. Just law school was in its place. Right. And there's this hierarchy that is. Right. It's like, okay, yeah, you're important. (laughs) <laughs> but this is your chair. Well, into this and you, person, she right. was like, "How? How do they have all their lives together? Like, they've got kids, and they come in and they do work, and then they've got like, and then they're in law school." And Josh is like, "It's just, just you know, it's just not that. It's just that I've got this little kid going read little blue truck, Dada, <laughs> read little blue truck, yeah, yeah, and, and that, and so that that restraint becomes or constraint becomes it's a grace and a, a freedom, yeah, and people do not." Get that at all. Yeah, a lot don't. A lot don't because when you look at children just as a commodity 
or any sacrifice, really. You know, any when you sacrifice. just look at it as you don't see right the a value single woman who's yeah. giving all her time to care for the needs of others. You're like, what? You could be, you know, this boss babe running your business, doing whatever, whatever. You know, yeah. And a woman who gives of herself yeah you know and sacrifices we're just like well you know you could be doing something better (laughs) it makes me think of jesus and we probably i probably said this before but i heard once that you know he only he had such a short life 33 years he only had three years of actual ministry so how did he make such an incredible impact and there is that he was the son of God and he rose from the dead. So that, that helped, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but just in the human sense, he, what I heard was he loved the person in front of him. Yeah. And so really he just had, you know, he had many people who followed him, but he had his 12 disciples and he had, you know, they say that Peter, James, and John were like the closest to him. Yeah. And then he encountered people, but he just loved the person in front of him. And, I remember reading that or hearing it and thinking I could miss my purpose. I could miss what my life, my life's greatest impact by always looking, you know, beyond, always looking for something different, something better. But what if it is literally the person right in front of me? Yeah. And, and, and not even like just to love them in that moment. Right. I know when, you know, as a mom of six, I felt overwhelmed. And now you guys have all reproduced and there's a lot more of you. And I feel that same passion and commitment to, you know, daughters-in-law and son-in-law and grandchildren. And and it's like feeling like, yeah, there's just emotionally feeling like I don't have enough. But that's that's it, just to love the person right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I think in doing that, it's light, like you said. Um, but, and, and just going back to the idea of the wholeness, I wrote something else this week and it was interesting to me how I don't have a huge following, but it was probably of the things I've written recently got the most response. Mm -hmm. And it was just a thought I had one day, um, earlier this week as I was wrestling and struggling and just feeling like, gosh, I am just my, my stuff. I don't have it together. And, um, and feeling that burden, like, oh, why, why, what's wrong with me? Um, and, and, and looking at some real f- faults, you know, mm-hmm. not spending time well and not prioritizing well. But I had the thought, what if when God looks down and sees me wrestling and struggling with life, instead of seeing me with disappointment and, and or even worse, like disdain, disdain, shame, right? What if he sees me and he sees me with pride and mm-hmm. compassion? Mm-hmm. And I believe that's how he does. You know, I'm not a perfect person. And I look at my children when they're struggling and I don't see, you know, I don't feel disdain. I feel pride that they're trying hard, pride that they're wrestling through mm-hmm. and I have compassion and I think that that kind of goes with what you're talking about, just the, the lightness of doing mm-hmm. things in love. And all of a sudden you're freed from the perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, doing the types of things that are required of us, they're simple things, and believing that they have eternal value um, requires faith. Yeah. And a really 
um, accurate estimation of who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And belief that God can take who you are currently and transform it to whatever he would have that be. Yeah. And these small actions, yeah, that they can be what they need to be. Right. Good stuff. No, I think we should keep talking about about women. There's a lot to unpack. There is, yeah. <laughs>